Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. God is good. So we, we began a series last week um, titled Let There Be Light. And um, um, the concept of light is so important and so powerful all throughout the scriptures. And you know, when we, when we get to heaven and when we see the Lord face to face, the Bible says that there will be no light because the light of the glory of the face of God, will, there won't be a need for sun. It'll be, we'll just be basking in his light. And light is a very powerful thing. And last week, um, the first uh, message in the series, the title was Light is Life. Light is Life. And, uh, um, and now today, we're going to be building on that, and the title of the message today is Light is Favor. Everyone say that with me. Light is Favor. Yes. Hopefully, this is the takeaway of the day. Okay? Light is Favor. If you want the favor of God, you have to, you have to be in his light. Okay, and so we want to we want to kind of build this argument from Scripture. We're going to be looking at two verses: one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament, and they are very simple but very very important because light is favor. So in Numbers chapter six, when the nation of Israel formed. There was a very specific way that God told the priests to bless the people, and this is very important, and this will be the first text that we're looking at today. Number six, beginning with verse 22, says, the Lord said to Moses, this is God speaking, the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, the priests, and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you, and keep you. Look up here for a moment. How many know part of the blessing of God is the protection of God? How many know we can't protect ourselves, but God can protect us? Okay, so the blessing of God, that word bless, someone corrected me, it's Baruch, I said Barak, but in the Hebrew, um, but that word bless means a lot of very important and very powerful Things and God is saying, I want this spoken by the priests over my people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And then look at this. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites. This is God speaking. And I will bless them. So this was very, very important. Let me tell you a couple of things about this and why it's important. We'll go over it. But see, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the way the blessing came upon the people was through the priesthood. The priest would bless the people, and he told them, this is the way I want them 
to be blessed, and if you bless them this way, then they will be, I will bless them. This is what he's saying. One of the interesting things about this is not only does he say that the Lord make his face shine upon you, but it says the Lord turn his face toward you. They understood that when God turned his face toward them, it meant I'm not angry with you. I'm not against you. On the contrary, I want to bless you. I want to help you. I want to protect you. How many are thankful that the Lord's face is turned toward us? Okay, in the great high priest, Jesus Christ. You see, when you read the Old Testament, you need to know that the Old Testament points to the New Testament. It's all about Jesus. And this was symbolic of the fact that one day, the great high priest, not Aaron, but the great high priest, which is Jesus Christ, he would come and he would put his blessing upon us. You see? So they were blessed nationally, so to speak, back then. Now it's very individual. So let's, let's go very quickly here. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, verses 5 and 6. And here's what he says. He says, for we, what we preach is not ourselves. Now let's stop right here for a second. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. Look at me for a moment. The Apostle Paul is speaking, and he's emphatic about something here. He's saying God's church his kingdom, what God is doing, is not about any man. It's not about any pastor, okay? It's not about, quote, any ministry, because no pastor, no man, no ministry can do anything without the power of Jesus Christ. It's all the power of Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's not about any man. That's why we say all the time, Lord, let the name of Chicago Tabernacle perish. I don't, the last thing we want is for you to walk out of here saying my name or my wife's name or the choir's name. All we want you to do is walk out of here saying, Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. Jesus is so good. How many are thankful that our focus is Jesus, 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 and Jesus? And when churches or people of God get into denomination, there are no denominations, there are no colors, there are no races. Isn't this a beautiful rainbow, this beautiful collection? Aren't you thankful the blood of Jesus washes us all clean? We're all one in Christ. So the whole focus is Jesus. Amen? So he said, for what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. We're just servants. Now notice what it says here. For God, and this connects to last week's message, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness. All of life, all of life began, all creation began when God said, let there be light. It says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, he made his light to shine in our hearts. He made his light to shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. In the Old Testament, may God turn his face towards you, okay? May God's face shine upon you in the New Testament, now it's not just God's face, it's Christ Jesus. It's his face that shines on us. And both of these passages convey one powerful truth. And here it is, the favor of God is found in the light of his face. The favor of God 
is found in the light of his face. So we're gonna take the next few moments, we're gonna go through this very quickly to talk about the light of the face of Jesus because if you want God's favor, okay, it's not in networking. Some people think, you know, I gotta network. Some people think I gotta do this if I wanna get ahead, I gotta do that, I gotta do that, no. Okay, if you want the favor of God, it is only found in the light of his face. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. Thank you for all of the visitors who are here. Lord, I pray that your face would shine upon them and bless them. And God, bless our church. We're nothing without you. We're nothing without your light and your glory. So God, would you bless us in a, in a powerful way, Lord. God, I pray you help my feeble lips today. Help me, Lord, and hide me behind the cross, God, and, and Lord, let us have a time of meeting with you today. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen, amen and amen. So, plain and simple, the more we, the more of his light that we have, the more of his favor we experience. And what I want to do is explain both of these passages of Scripture in a very simple and basic way because the takeaway today is light is favor. The light of his face is the key to his favor. How many want the favor of God? Simple. You got to get in his face. So the first thing that this passage of Scripture teaches us, okay, is that favor has an equation, okay? Favor has an equation, the Lord bless you and keep you, okay? It's connected to the Lord making his face shine on you and be gracious to you. It's connected to the Lord turning his face toward you and giving you peace. When these things happen, then he says he puts his name on, they put the, in that, he put the, 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 their, his name on the people and then God said, and I will bless them. So it was like an equation and the equation is very simple, very basic. Go ahead and put this up. Blessing equals favor. Favor equals the light of God's face. Let's say this together. Ready? Blessing equals favor. Favor equals the light of God's face. A lot of people think that they're blessed because, because of them. I don't know. If you think that you're blessed because of you, you're kidding yourself. You see, how many know we're blessed because God is kind and loving and merciful and generous? How many would say amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. We're blessed, God gives us so much more. Aren't you thankful he gives us so much more than we deserve? And then there's so many things that we do deserve that he doesn't give us, you see? And, and so that's the way it is. He, it's just, it's very plain and simple. Blessing equals favor, favor equals the light of God's face. I want this for everyone to understand. If you just get in the face of God, your life will begin to change. Your life will begin to change. Now the Fire Bible puts it this way. The blessing and favor of God carries the idea that God's presence, activity, and love are brought into a person's life and environment. Now I brought this with me today 
because from time to time I like to recommend, I have a couple things to, I brought a bunch of stuff up here actually. And uh, if you're looking for a good study Bible, I want to recommend the Fire Bible. It's had a, I've had this Bible for many, many years. They've changed the name, but I think it's excellent. And you might be looking at this big jumbo Bible and say, I don't want that big jumbo Bible. It's going to break my arm. Don't worry. My son has the same Bible, but it's a lot smaller with the same notes. There's a lot of great study notes, a lot of great articles, especially about the Holy Spirit, which, which uh, lots of commentaries and, and Bibles kind of avoid. Well, this has great articles about the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to recommend it to you. Mine is big because I prefer the large print. So, um, but everyone, you know, when you can... Everyone should have at least one good study Bible, I think. In America, we can do this. So um, save your pennies and get one. It'll be a blessing. So that's a, a fire Bible. And, and so the, the whole, the, the basis of this truth was simple, okay? When God turns his face toward us, okay, his presence, his activity, and his love come into a person's life. You see, now, remember in the Old Testament, it was more national, but in the New Testament, it's very individual. So look at me for just one second here. Part of the takeaway today is that God, even if you're married, God wants to bless you individually. He wants to have encounters with you and experiences with you where your heart, not just your family, but obviously your family, your children and your children's children. Yes, but it's important for you to understand that it is God's desire, God's will. The reason that Jesus came is so that every person here, you would experience God's presence, his activity, his love visit you. How many know we're not supposed to walk in fear, in depression, in discouragement? How many know Christians are not supposed to walk under clouds? We're supposed to walk under the smile of God. You see? So our lives are supposed to be different. Chicago needs people who are shining for the glory of God. How many would say amen? That's what this city needs. See? but he has to do it in you before he does it through you. He has to do it in you, and he wants to do it in you. It's individual. He wants to send his presence and power and blessing and favor. So that's the first thing, very simple. Favor has an equation. Blessing equals favor, and favor equals the light of God's face. Now, the second thing that this passage, these passages teaches us, jumping to the second one, I usually don't like preaching off of two verses, but for the sake of today, I felt like we should do that. So the second one tells us and teaches us that favor has a pathway, okay? Favor has a pathway, and the pathway of favor is actually the pathway of spiritual light. God's light has to reach us on our pathway, that's, that's how favor comes into your life. And now look at, look at what it says. And starting with, in verse 6, it says, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness. He made his light to shine in our hearts 
to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. So this verse is, is in a way, it's complicated. One of the things that this verse is doing, it is outlining the pathway of light. Okay, so here's the basic pathway of favor, which is actually the pathway of light. Go ahead and put up the next slide, please. Okay, the pathway of light is basic and simple. Look, first, it shines out of darkness. God spoke the world in creation, in, uh, when at creation he spoke light into the world. It was dark and formless and empty. He said, let there be light, and life began, the foundation of life began. But then in the book of Isaiah it says, those who walk in darkness have seen what? A great light. We're talking about spiritual light now. We're talking about the light of Jesus. And, and, and the second thing that happens is that light travels not only out into the darkness to give light, but then it shines into our hearts. How many remember the day that the light of Christ, it, it shone in your heart? Aren't you thankful for the day that you met Jesus, that his light came into your heart? Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord for that day. How is a person changed? You know how you're changing? You now you're born again. It begins with light shining in your heart. That's why people say, I've seen the light. You see? I've seen the light, okay? If a person hasn't seen the light of Christ's face, they don't get it, but we get it. Or if you're here, you can get it, you see? Because Jesus is sending out his light to, to, to meet with our hearts. And what you need to understand is that when your life intersects with God's light, that is the moment of favor. It's like an intersection. See, it's like a street. And then here's what happens. When he shines that light, it shines out of darkness, it shines into our hearts, and it gives us knowledge of his glory. You see, when you experience the light of God, all of a sudden the things of this world get dim and smaller. When you see the light of his glory, then all of a sudden the glory of this world means less and less and less. You see, when you see the light of his glory, your heart is transformed because you're pulled to the better. You're pulled to the sweeter, to the more wonderful. You're pulled to what is true, not what is fake. There's all kinds of fake things that are glittering. But let me tell you something, when you see the glory of God, you see everything changes. So how many know we need to experience that kind of, we gotta get at that intersection pretty often. How many would say amen? So this is a very, very important and very powerful thing. Now in a lot of ways, guys, what this is talking about is the law of exposure, of spiritual exposure. I have a quick example for you, okay? Here's a quick example. Go ahead and dim the lights, all right? So. So watch this, okay? I'm over here. You can't see me very well, right? Thank you. So it's dark up here. Now, right here, not favor. Right here, favor. <laughs> Hallelujah, favor. Right here, not favor. If you're walking in darkness, if you're hanging in darkness, if you're living in darkness, Okay, it may taste good for a little while, but in the end, it'll kill you. 
you see? But when you get in the light of his face, how many know this is favor? Hallelujah, we want the face of Jesus. We want the face of Jesus. And all you have to do is just get in to his favor, into his presence. Like this morning when you woke up and read your Bible. You see, we sing there's no place I'd rather be in the church so that you'll go home. And when you're by yourself, you'll recognize that, that that's an opportunity for favor. Anybody that will wake up or go to sleep and sing in no place I'd rather be than here in your love, I'm telling you, the blessing of God is gonna fall upon your life. So now, go ahead and put the lights up. This is very practical in nature. This is a very, I, I wanna be as practical. And this is the law of exposure. So I wanna give you some, some pretty basic examples. You know, they've done studies, our kids, we, we put a lot of energy into our children at this church. Our children are having a service back there right now, and they're getting the word. They're not getting like some little, let's, let's just eat some cookies and animal crackers. No, those kids are getting the word. On Tuesday night, we have a prayer meeting. Our kids are praying. If you want to come to the prayer meeting and you want to just stop in there for a second and look, and you know what you're going to see? You're going to see little kids with their hands raised. You're going to see kids taking the mic, and they're crying out to God. We want our kids to know how to reach God no matter where they are. He said, whoever calls upon me shall be saved. Blessed be his name. And so we are serious. We feel a mandate from God to raise up the next spirit-filled generation. We believe God is going to raise up Daniels and Josephs and captains of industry. People are going to go from here to the moon and shine the light of Christ. And so we're very, very deliberate we want our best people, our most anoint, anointed people, okay, ministering to our kids. And we've practiced that. We've put our best finances uh, uh, towards the children. And so I've been talking to them as of late. We've been, been doing some studies. And, and I was meeting with the, with the heads of our children's ministry. And they were telling me that it takes an average of eight exposures to the same things for kids to become comfortable. What that means is this. It means that a kid, if he comes to church and he hears a song, let's say today, and then he hears that same song like in two weeks and, and he sees what they do, he, he sees that they sing first and then they do crafts and all that, if he does it eight times in a row, okay, by the time he's getting to the seventh or eighth time, he loves it because his songs are starting to be sung that he knows. He, I know that song. And, and, he, and he, he, he or she, they begin to embrace and love the environment because that's the way they are. Now, it, it took me back to a marketing class I took in college where back then when Kodak was going, they would send 15 pieces of paper to every prospective client because they felt like every prospective client needs to need seven or eight contact with the same thing before recognition starts taking place. So that's just something I heard. And, uh, um, and you know what, the, what this is? It's the law of exposure, you see? So a lot of times our kids come to church, and when they come to church, they, uh, if they come today and then they don't come for three or four weeks, Okay, when they start again, it's like starting again and it's hard on them. It's because they need consistency. How many know what I'm saying? Okay, now on average, kids come to church 
twice a month on average. And, um, uh, and the, re- the reason that kids come to church twice a month is because they're only brought to church twice a month. Hint, hint. But, you know, we're moving on right there. Right? However, here's what they, what they, what they told us. What one of the, the leaders was telling me, Heidi was saying this, she said, you know what we found? We found it doesn't matter what the background is. It doesn't matter how broken they, the home they come from. It doesn't matter um, how blessed. And really, what we find is the kids who come consistently, no matter what. And, and she said, you know why I believe this? I believe this because the Holy Spirit is so powerful that if you just show up, he changes you. You see? And even kids from rough situations, they just start doing better. They, start, they do better in school. They just start doing better because of the exposure to the light of his face. Now, this, just today, we are, uh, this is something that we have created. Um, man, I'm missing the little, the little sheepy toy, but that's okay. So we've created this because uh, we're so committed to our kids having that exposure that our team got together, and this is, they, they're doing Psalm 23. Here, let me read this to you real quickly. Uh, it says, this month, CT Kids wants to challenge each household to memorize Psalm 23. Here's a resource to help you. Engage your child with these cards daily. Here are a few ways you can use these cards on a daily basis. Read them in the car, tape them above your child's bed, read them before bed, place them by the kitchen, and read them at mealtime. You will be surprised how quickly uh, your kids will learn and internalize God's word. This is part of our 2017 goal of building strength into each CT kid. So what they're, what they're giving this out today, and they get a little tiny plastic sheep so that the kid could hold it, right? And then they see the picture, which our people kind of made up, and then it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And then the other one, he makes me lay down in green pastures, he leads me beside quiet waters. Uh, and, um. So look, my grandson is two and a half years old and what we did is we tested this on our staff we wanted to work out the kinks so we tried this with our staff and my son-in-law and daughter they for about two weeks every night or every day they gave Wesley an exposure to this they tried to get him to say it but he's got his own thoughts about stuff sometimes and uh, he didn't really want to do that and then all of a sudden Something happened. I want to put this up for you very quickly.
Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not a proud grandpa right now. Not at all. You know what this shows us, right? It's the power of exposure. How long can you teach a two-year-old? Two minutes. After two minutes, right? So, what kind of exposure are you having with God's word and his face? That is what's on my heart today. Is, are you, you individually, how many know if Wesley knows Psalm 23, we should know Psalm 23? Do you realize that if you were walking around with Psalm 23 flowing in your heart, when you get tempted to fear, something in your spirit would say, I fear no evil for God is with me. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You know what got me, and this is the way it should be, every generation should be better. We taught Susie, our daughter, we didn't have the faith to teach her all of Psalm 23 when she was around that age. The first Bible verse, this is just ironic is we taught her the last one surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and so when Susie was three years old I remember we would have her recite surely goodness and mercy and I was so happy you see in every generation should be better and stronger we're only passing through this is so temporary we have to live like, like we're going to face Jesus one day. He's going to say, what did you do with, with all of the things I gave you? Look how, how precious the word of God is. It's exposure. It's exposure. Look, I'm telling you right now, I know that I know that my sermons can only do so much. They can help you. I'm going to put up a, a chart in a minute for you, but come on. Once a week, you know, twice a month, it just, it doesn't happen that way. Look, I got to read something to you. So this past week, somebody gave me a book, and um, I read this book about 30 years ago. It was a Christian, it's a Christian book. It's called Why Revival Tarries. I think we have a picture of this. And um, it's a classic on revival. And to look at me for a second. So somebody gave me this book about 30 years ago. I don't even know if I knew Chrissy at the time that I got this book. Okay, but I just started going to church. And this book had such a profound impact on me because I started reading it in the afternoon. And it, it kind of shook me so much. And uh, I was just early 20s. And I, I was so overwhelmed that I didn't want to even have dinner at my own house, like, I mean, I passed up my mom's rice and beans. So you know it's a serious business right here. So, so what I did is I, I, I actually went to a restaurant, which I didn't do often, 
back then, and I sat there, and I ordered, and I just read, 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 and I ate so fast, and I paid the bill, then I, I didn't know where to go, so I went to a park, and I, and I just kept reading in the park, and I would read, and it was like going like this, praying. It just put something inside of my heart, I'm walking back and forth, and, and then I kept reading, and then the sun came down, and I couldn't read in the dark, so I went home, and I, I just read the book through the night. Okay, it just set me on, on fire. Let me read a couple of things to you. No man is greater than his prayer life. The pastor who is not praying is playing. That's true. The pastor who's not praying is playing. Okay, first service, all the pastors were in the front. We give up the seats for you guys were in the back. Okay, but if Pastor Matt, if myself, all the pastors, if we're not seeking God, this is a big joke because there's nothing we can do. If God doesn't come to us and then move through us, we got nothing to offer you. Never give more credit to a man than you ought to. How many know Jesus gets all the credit? Okay, but listen, so watch. Okay, the pastor who's not praying is playing. Everyone say, that's you. Go ahead, you can say it. Say, that's you. Okay, just don't point. But watch this. The pastor who's not praying is playing. The people who are not praying are straying. Now everybody say, that's me. That's right. So look, if you're not praying, okay, it's impossible. It's impossible to stay close to God and not be in his face. It's impossible to stay close to anyone if I never see my wife's face, okay? If I'm never with her, if I never talk to her, if I never hug her, okay? It's impossible to be close to her. You see, it's impossible. And we're living in a day where people are believing lies in the church that you're too busy or you got too much this or too much that. You're not too busy. You're not too busy to get in the face of Jesus. Jesus wants you. Jesus is calling you. Hallelujah. Jesus is able to keep you by his mighty power. He will keep you. You will walk in victory. Things that bind you, you will step on top of. It says they will tread on serpents and scorpions by the power of God. But listen, only in his face. Only in his face. We encourage people. We counsel people. But here's the game changer. Just in his face. Oh, Lord, in his face. I'm your pastor. I love you. I'm telling you right now, you got to get in his face. If you're a visitor here, let me be your pastor for, for 40 minutes today. He loves you. He wants your face in his face. That's what he wants. Look, last week, I got we're moving quickly here, but last week, oh, wait, no, no, I got to finish reading this. Listen to this. Listen to this. Oh, I got to read this. I'm sorry. We might go a little long today, brothers. It says, the pulpit can be a shop window to display. Yes. The pulpit can be a shop window to display one's talents. The prayer closet allows no showing off. Poverty stricken as the church is today in many things, she is most stricken here in the place of prayer. We have many organizers, but few agonizers. Many players 
and payers, but few prayers. Many singers, few clingers. Lots of pastors, few wrestlers. Many fears, few tears. Much fashion, little passion. This is the real spoken word right here, guys, but, okay. Many interferers, but few intercessors. Many writers, but few fighters. Failing here, we fail everywhere. So here's the thing, okay? In my mind, our church fails if you don't go home and spend time with Jesus. I went yesterday to the golf thing, to the golf expo. Went there for a couple of, for an hour. There were so many people. And they're walking around drinking beer and all this stuff. And I was like, all these people are going to hell. All of them. I was thinking about all of these people not knowing Jesus. And if they don't know Jesus because of us, you know, this happened in our church. In our church, there was a girl laughing in Mariano's or Jewel. I'm sorry. She was laughing in Jewel. She was laughing. She was talking to one of her friends and joking around, and she was laughing. And a woman looked at her. And she followed her and watched her laugh. And finally she said to her, look, I can't, this, this is like, this is hot off the press. This is real time right now. That lady was at, as a, the, this lady I'm going to tell you about, she was actually at the, the women's rally. She's been here a couple of times. She might be right here. So she walks up to the girl and she says, why are you so joyful? What is it? And the girl turns and says, oh, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. you got to come to my church. It's Jesus. And you know what? The lady's been coming. She's come two or three weeks in a, in a row, and her face is starting to shine. See, you think sometimes that you got to be a preacher or some kind of walk around like a prophet. No. All you have to do is be in his face. Two people in the same house. One person goes outside in the sun. Another person stays in the basement. Who gets the suntan? It's the person in the sun. Okay. Now let me just, I need to say a couple quick things. And, and I'm going to encourage you to go home and seek his face. Because we don't have a lot of time. But look, last week I put up a, a chart about photosynthesis. And um, the chart was this. Listen closely, Kate, science class. Listen closely. So the chart basically is this. The way God created the world is the light of the, sun, of the sun shines on plants. Plants are called producers because the plants receive like 100% of the energy from the sun. And then there are successive levels. So the primary consumers, like the bunny rabbits who eat the plants, they get 10% of the energy that the plant got. And then there's secondary consumers like a fox. The fox eats the bunny. And I'm sorry about that for animal lovers, but the fox eats the bunny. Okay, and the fox get ten, gets 10% of the energy that the, that the bunny got from the 100% of the energy that the plant got. And then there's tertiary consumers, and at the third level, like a lion eating the fox, I know that falls a little bit, but okay, the, the, they get 10% of that. So by the time it gets to the lion, it's like 0.01. But the energy 
of the sun is so powerful that the lion is strong even off of 0.01. You see? Now, this is not an exact science, but I want to take that and stretch it a bit and put it into spiritual light because I think there are a lot of similarities. So let me put this up for you. What about spiritual photosynthesis? So personal time with God. Now it says and sermons for a reason. We're going to wait. But personal time with God, it's when you get 100%. The reason why I have in sermons, everybody look up here for a second, is because when you first become a Christian, there's, there's a difference. When you're a baby in the Lord, babies have to get fed. So when you're first a Christian, that's why coming to church, a sermon can be so powerful. You know, a sermon could be life-changing. You know, when you're a baby Christian, but there comes a point where you have to move on. There comes a point where the sermon actually becomes more kind of like a 10% impact on your life. All right? Kind of like 10%. And then, and then there's devotional guides that people read. Some people, instead of reading their Bible, how many know time with God, reading your Bible, seeking His face? That's when you get direct contact with the light of God. Okay, but if you read devotional guides like this person or that person, that is secondary. Look at me for a second. What you're doing is you're gleaning off of someone else's FaceTime with God. So like when I first got saved, there was this little book called Daily Bread. How many people like Daily Bread? That thing is awesome. I used to read that. It would have a story about someone. It would have one verse. And that one verse made me feel spiritually stuffed. Oh, my God. I used to be like, this is incredible. Right? But how many know there comes a time when you can't live off that little Daily Bread? How many know this is the bread that comes down from heaven every single day? How many would say amen? How many know that when you're a young believer, you walk in, you hear a song, a song can pierce your heart and change your life? Okay, yes. But over time, how many know? You know what some people do? They put on worship music while they're driving and they feel like, well, this, I'm being spiritual and I got something. No, no, no. That's 0.01 impact. Okay? What is this telling us? It's telling us that we have to make time for God. Okay? It means that we've got to take time to learn His Word. When you, when you look at His Word, when you pray, when you, like, like uh, they actually had a moment when they got on their knees and they prayed at the ladies. They had a time when the, you know why we make altar calls, okay? The reason that we make altar calls, a lot of people don't believe in altar calls, but I don't see how. Because the purpose of a sermon is to get you to be filled with faith from this truth and then turn your face to his face. The, a good preacher gets out of the way. You see, a good preacher preaches and then says, all right, turn now and take the faith from the word. Faith comes from here by hearing and hear the word of God. And now turn to God and reach out, ask him for what we just said. You see, because that's where it's really at. It's not in you hearing me or anybody else. It's how many know it's in, it's in us turning to his face. Okay, now look at, look at, we're, we're going to be done now, but look at how the Bible 
talks about this literally because what we have to understand is that favor has transforming power. So look at this, look at this verse, okay? And we're going to be closing here. There'll be just, we're going to close on a picture. It says, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Hallelujah. And so look here. The Spirit of the Lord is here, and that's why when we worship, can I give you a piece of advice? Don't worship God with your hands in your pocket. Let's see people that come in and go like this. Oh, I want to get to the sermon, see if it's interesting today. You're missing it. You're missing it. You're missing it. You're missing it. Don't you realize it's an opportunity? And by the way, it's just practice so that you could go home and seek him. Okay, so look. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we all who with unveiled face. So guys, look at me. Okay, this is veiled face, unveiled face. An unveiled life, come as you are. With all your junk, with all your struggles, with all your battles, with all your nasty motives, nasty habits, nasty deeds, he says, come as you are. Hallelujah. He shed his blood so that you could come as you are, so you could be washed and renewed and receive power and grace. It's unveiled face. Okay? It says, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And that means this. It means if you just get in his face, get in his word, and say, change me, God. I can't change myself, but time with you changes all things. His ever-increasing glory is powerful. And here's how we're going to close. We're going to close with a picture. Remember, the light of, his, of the knowledge of the glory of God is powerful. God's glory is powerful. Okay, now look, there's a phenomenon, and we'll close with this, called phototropism. Okay? Phototropism means that plants, because they're living and because they want life, do you want life today? What they do is if you put your plant by the window, guess what it does? It bends towards the sun. It's called phototropism. It means that, that if, there's, if the plant, if this is the window, the plants start going like this. Have you ever noticed that your plants go like this? You know why? It's because they're wise. What I'm praying is that we would be wise. I'm praying that God would do something even right now that would begin to bend us toward light. That today when you go to make choices, that you would choose light before anything else. And when you get up tomorrow, that you choose light. Choose light. Bend towards light. You know, there was a great revival, the Welsh revival. God swept in and saved like 75,000, 100,000 people in just a very short time. Okay? And one of the things that they used to pray is, bend us, Lord. Bend us. I want to pray today. Bend me, Lord. Bend me towards your light. Okay, I'm here. Things could be messed up. It doesn't matter. Just bend me, Lord, toward light. Let's close our eyes and lift our hands. We love you, Lord. We love you. We love you. God, bend us toward the light, oh God. 
God, begin a new work, oh God, in, in this church, oh God, and in your people, oh God, every individual from the front row to the back row, oh God. God, even on our guests, God. God, I pray that you breathe on our pastor from Grand Rapids, God. God, set his church on fire because you set he and his wife on fire. God, set Grand Rapids on fire by your light, oh God. Shine your light upon our hearts, oh God. Bend us, bend us toward the light, oh God. Lord, when we have choices to make, God, help us to choose the light, oh God. When we have scheduled decisions, God, help us to schedule in the light, my God. God, we ask that by your mighty power, Lord, that you would begin something new in us. Little by little, day by day, we can learn your word. We can be in your presence. We love you, Lord. God, let people see us and let them take note like they did in the book of Acts, chapter 4, I believe. They took note that those simple, unschooled fishermen had been with Jesus. Let that be said of every person here. And God, we pray. We pray for your favor. Take someone's hand. This is how we'll close. God, your favor, we pray for your favor, your blessing, your protection. Let your face shine. Let your face turn toward every home represented, toward every heart, individually, oh God. God, would you move by your mighty power? Would you pour out your blessing, oh God? God, bless us to be a blessing like never before, oh God. God, we thank you that there is favor that is found in the light of your face, oh God. Put that favor on your people, we pray. We love you, we thank you, we trust you. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Could we put our hands together? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah.